Today's episode of Tyson Tate is brought to you by Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year automatically. With no limit on how much you can earn, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. to take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nielsen Report. Limitations apply. On today's episode of Titus and Tate, we are less than eight weeks away, Tate, from college basketball season. We're in that wow. that mode where we're not quite there's there's a little bit of stretch left before we're in preseason. But but mm. I will say we're at the part of the calendar where John Rostein and Jeff Goodman are doing a dick measuring contest. Oh wow! Uh, see who can go to the most practices and tweet <laughs> out shit about backup point guards and how yeah. I'm hearing some things and yeah. this and that. We're at that point of the season or that point of the calendar uh, where it's feeling more alive. Have you seen Rostin's on his honeymoon in Southern California and he's just going to basketball practices? John Rostin, <laughs> my own podcast series on on his honeymoon. This is what this man is up to. He is breaking news from his honeymoon. As you said, he is talking about practices all the time. I think we've officially moved to the point in the calendar where instead of the way too early, we can cut the yep. way off. And now it's just too it's early. Just too early. The too early rankings are happening right now. There's a very small part of me, and by small I mean we might still end up end up doing this on the show. Uh, that saw that Lenardi put out his bracketology, his preseason bracketology, and he's wow. got a bunch of graphics and, and shit to go with it. Like they made like a big splash page for him and all that. It has been a very small part of me. I was reading this and was like, we have to talk about this. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> we're at that point of the season where we're still two months away from the ball being tipped. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Indiana, Tennessee? No, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I'm looking at, and I'm looking at Ohio. He's got Ohio state as a four seed and UCLA's and I'm like flashing out like, okay, Ohio state is the four playing UCLA as the one and the sweet yeah. 16. How's How do I like it? Yeah. <laughs> What's the matchup? Yeah, and I'm, like, early. And I'm like, I gotta get out of this. I exit, exit, I gotta get out. Uh, no, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun talking about uh, the the two early stuff going on, which includes surprise, surprise, recruiting. Tape, yes, recruiting rankings. John Calipari, he's back. If if you feel like you've heard us talk about this before, maybe you have. Maybe mm-hmm. we've talked about it a time or two on these shows. But uh, it's the John new Calipari, It's John Calipari talking about John, recruiting. It's John Calipari signing number one recruits. So yeah. uh, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit. Answer some of your emails. It's a casual Friday. We're going to have some fun. But first, Woody Durham. He takes the timeout. Technical foul. Technical foul. Technical foul. I promised I wasn't going to do this date. And I'm looking at the bracket more and I'm seeing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm happy that Carolina. Lenardi has this whole package that, like you said, they, they built all the graphics for him. Like ESPN yeah. is back in college basketball. That's good for us. He's got uh Carolina. So he's got Louisville, Indiana as a 7-10 game. He's got Carolina as a five seed in Texas's region. I, Ew. It, it, he's got Carolina and Duke in the same region. So uh, this would be, if this fleshes out, Carolina would play Duke to go to the final four in Coach K's final season. So the lead eight game, Carolina yeah. Duke. Never played the tournament. It feels like it's destiny it, at this point. They have to play each other. I like it that. is alarming how much this stuff works on me. I mean, we were talking about this the one time when uh, we were complaining about how ESPN will throw stuff behind a paywall. And you're like, who wants to read this card? Like, why would yeah, you put we're this already, behind we're it? We're on the page. We've already clicked on it. 
<laughs> kind of just like that's how I felt. Play. That's how I felt when I clicked on. I saw uh, some. I was reading something, and someone was talking about Lenardi's bracketology. And you're like, he's he's put out a preseason one, and uh, I click on it. I couldn't believe like the graphics they got at the top with with uh, the Cowder's Colin Gillespie's face and Bryce Drew or Bryce Drew, uh, uh, Scott Drew and and Mark Few. Um, and they got they got all these graphics, and I'm sitting there thinking like, why would they go to the trouble of doing all these graphics in September? Like nobody cares about. Oh my God, you got Ohio State as a four. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a second. All right. <laughs> Kansas isn't a, isn't a one seed. Oh my God, this is something that the Ringer.com figured out very quickly, which is that if you just put shit in a bracket and put it on the internet. Yeah. Someone will click on it and someone will engaging. stare at it and have yeah. thoughts. Same with yeah. rankings. You know what I mean? Because you yeah. make a top 50 list. Everyone wants to see what's number one. Everyone yeah. has a problem with what's number one. And then they work their way back and then, you know, have their own gripes and grievances. We're making fun of ourselves for caring about this stuff, but also it does make it feel more real. I mean, college football as well. Like you, uh, that's always been like a, a good way for me to get, juiced up for college basketball is like just yeah. seeing similar uniforms <laughs> on the same playing surface, seeing fan bases interact with each other, seeing uh, programs such as Indiana and North Carolina, just pulling two off the top of my head. They were like, this is our year for football. Okay. We lost. Never mind. Who cares? Let's focus on basketball. Yeah, 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 like retreat, the, retreat, retreat. The pivot that a lot of fan bases make where it's like, yeah, okay. You got us, you got us on, on in football, but like, let's just wait for basketball season. We'll yeah. see what happens there. I think um, Kansas is the poster boy uh, of that entire makeup. You know what I yeah. mean? Like enjoy Kansas it while football. you can. Cause yeah. here in a couple months, we're going to, we're going to get revenge. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And you know, looking at college football across the entire landscape, it does, you know, have this, you know, kind of, predetermined nature to it, right? In college basketball this year, I don't think we really know who the favorite is, right? We're, we're excited to see what Gonzaga looks like with Drew yeah. Timmy and Chet Holmgren. We're excited to see what Kansas is going to look like with this whole revamped transfer portal. You know, also you get Akbaji to come back. You know, they're, they're a very interesting team. UCLA, when we talk about Johnny Juzang and Triple J and, and their whole situation, they're going to be fascinating. So I think that's why we're excited as well, because when you pull up a bracket like Lenardi's, mm-hmm. you can sort of see you know, how he thinks things are going to play out. And I, and obviously they're usually completely wrong because so many things and there are so many factors that go into a season. But like you said, we can't help the fodder. We just want to click on it. We just want to play around. We want to forecast matchups. And we want to yeah. think about March Madness because even though it is far away, it's not that far away. It's not it's that far too away. Early. It's just it's, too it's early just, now. It's just too early. So uh, in, in, in that line of thinking, what... um. What's what's on your mind, I guess, like as we're as we're trying to digest this all, as we're trying to uh, get get in position where this is, by the way, I mean, last year, again, I I, I want to uh, uh, preface it like I don't want to take anything away from Baylor. We we all do. I think the consensus was that it was a Mickey Mouse tournament and that, that the yeah. season was Mickey Mouse and, and whatever happened to uh, every team in that tournament other than Baylor should not count. Um, but Baylor's national title stands and the banner should remain up and, and there is no asterisk except for all the other teams that lost. I think personally, yeah. that's my, that's, that's just one man's opinion. Um, but yeah, last year was obviously the, uh, not a real season in the way we, we know and love college basketball yeah. and this year is, and, uh, I, I'm, I'm obviously very excited for it. And I guess like, there, there is the the run up because last year at this time we were just like God, I just hope we have a season. And last year, last year at this time I wasn't following Rostin on his honeymoon 
going bouncing around from LMU practice to UCSB practice and and Goodman is back God to, knows where back to Santa but, Barbara for his yeah, time. yeah, yeah. And I wasn't refreshing Lenardi's deal. I was like on the CDC website, like what is yeah. coronavirus? <laughs> like, where's the spread? Where's the, where are we at with the vaccine? Like that, that's what my, that's where we were at last year. So uh, <laughs> in, the, in, in reality, we should still be at that point based yeah, on but, what's happening around us, but nobody. Yeah. Everyone's moved. That ship, uh, is, uh, <laughs> that, ship has, <laughs> that ship has sailed and it's a, it's a cruise ship. I think yeah, <laughs> they're, they're all coughing ship. on each other. <laughs> um. But no, so we're back as like fans, as people who cover the sport, as people who live and breathe this stuff, we are back now in a position state of like trying to find these rhythms of this calendar where we're in September and the lead up is happening. And I'm finding stuff like this popping up on my radar. And I guess that's my long winded way of saying like, where are you at with the run up to this? Where, where is your head at? What is on your radar? What is, what has your attention right now in mid September on the precipice yeah. of a new season? Don't look back, get jacked. That is what John Calipari said to the world. He said, I will not look back. I will not think about the worst start in Kentucky basketball history. Actually, I think it was second to 1927's uh, roster. Those guys, <laughs> can we get like a guy from the 1927 team to, yeah. to come on the show and, and comment on like, how bad were you guys? That you guys? Yeah. He's like, we actually were better than last year's team. I think yeah, we yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the Kendrick Perkins of 1927 yeah, is yeah. just like, these guys are bombs. He's like, we're too <laughs> strong. We're just too strong. <laughs> too physical. You're like, you guys were playing a different sport, I think, back then. Uh, but John Calipari, again, not going to look back to last season, the historically bad season. He is, quote unquote, jacked up about the upcoming season. Um, again, he has the number one recruiting class coming in in 2022. That is now official. That was probably the biggest college basketball news of the week that last week we did a casual Friday and mm-hmm. Cal, you know, said to the world, we got the number one recruit in the country, but the two, four, seven rankings, the ESPN rankings, they all reflected and said, Shadon Sharp was not the number one player in the country. It's so facto this week around Wednesday, the powers that be started to shuffle that deck for John Calipari and they have shot sharp to the number one spot. So now he is officially, wait, 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 wait. Yes. You wait. heard that right. <laughs> you heard that right. <laughs> John Calipari reported it and then it spoke it into existence as LeVar ball is prone to do. And then by the next Friday, the next updated recruiting rankings, Sharp is number one in the class. So John Calipari knew before all of us that Sharp. What the hell? Yeah. So Amari the thing Bailey that I, is now number three in the class. So the thing that I make fun of and and pretend like no, I, you, I I thought I was it's happening. I, no, it's yeah, happening. Life is imitating art. Mm-hmm. That I I'm like, it, it, boy, it sure does feel like they just redo these rankings. So every, so there's eight people that get to say they're number one, and that's literally what happens. Yes. Yeah. And and Chris Livingston, who was a five-star top 10 recruit, also committed to Kentucky this week. So now North Carolina, is, North Carolina claims to have the number one recruiting class in 2022. But John Calipari has already said that they have the number one class in 2022. Of course, it also features Sky Clark, who came on the show and told us, you know, he wanted to go to a blue blood. So uh, it, it is all it is all leaning towards John Calipari right now. All the recruiting powers that be, all the mojo. It's all Lexington right now. He, they so they wait until Sharp commits to Kentucky, and then they fix the rankings so that yes. he's now number one. I I was on this. Uh, I, I figured this out very early when I was in junior high, and I'd watch the McDonald's All American game every year. Um, and I'm growing up, and and there was always an insane number of guys that were going to the Dukes and Kentuckys and Kansases and Carolinas, obviously. And I guess like if you don't have your brain on, if your third eye is not open, Tate, 
you see that and you're like, yeah, of course, all the best players want to go to the best schools. That's not suspicious at all that the, the kids mm-hmm. at McDonald's all America. But then I got woke and I and I figured out what was going on here, mm-hmm. which is that guys would commit to these schools and then they would once they commit that like having the name attached to their school would make the McDonald's all American teams ask them to, 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 to come play in the game because it's better for the brand. Because if you start getting like, like if Steph Curry is playing in the McDonald's all American game, that's not, no one wants to watch that. This kid's going to Davidson. What the, the kid's going to be nobody. I don't want to watch this guy. Get this guy out of my face. I want to watch the kids going to show me the kids going to Carolina and Duke. Um, the game is rigged is what I'm saying. And we've known this for a long time. I even junior high, me knew this, but like for this to just be so like, they, they literally l- less than a week after he commits to Kentucky, they bump into number one. Yeah. This is graceful. That's, well, that's, I we got to come out with our own recruiting rankings. We really I do. Think- we're, 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 we just like, where we, we are so disgraceful and, and shameless and taking the bag and like, promoting the brands that we want to yeah, promote. Peyton Watson, number one player in this. Yes. Last yes. We are so shameless that like the, the rest of these recruiting rankings can't even compete with us. And they just go back to, or maybe they, they were never this way, but they like, they, mm. they tone it down and they just like actually recruit. Cause you know, like you they can't, go back you to can't, journalism. They, they're like, journalism. we're going to go back. Yeah. yeah. We can't compete. Like we're trying to, we're trying to chase the bag as a recruiting site. We can't do it. Titus and Tate have it figured. They, 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 they take all of our money. <laughs> yeah. They're the one, they're better than us at this. So we got to find our niche. Bag. Our niche is going to be actually recruiting the players based on their skill level. <laughs> mm, who would have thought? Unbelievable. Unbelievable. What, a novel, what a novel idea. Uh, I'm not done with Cal Perry news because he's not done either. He is getting a statue, Mark Titus, that will be unveiled uh, in Amherst, Massachusetts at UMass. Uh, it is going to be a John Calipari statue alongside Marcus Camby, Julius Irving, uh, right next to the Mullen Center. So that is the, uh, that is the next thing. And he's not done yet. Because he's also going to get the Clarion Court where he played college basketball, transferred from UNCW to Clarion, uh, you know, and he basically is going to get the Coach Cow Court is now going to be the Clarion's court. So he's getting a statue <laughs> at UMass. He is getting a new court at Clarion, and uh, he is bringing in the number one recruiting class at Kentucky. So John Calipari, talk about a winner of the offseason. As we move into the too early period of the offseason, number one on the board, John Calipari. Wow. Penny Hardaway won the way too early. But That's now right. the too early but in John Calipari's world. Conference realignment uh, left mm-hmm. Memphis just, yeah. you know, in the dust. I mean, it was there, fun. So. In the way too early period, it was a lot of fun. But yeah, but then like said, realignment hits. We get into the too early. Yeah. We get closer to reality. And where's Memphis? <laughs> We're not talking about him. Dude, I, have, I have a problem. Uh, I, I was thinking this. Uh, we're in Norman this week, by the way. So prepare yeah. for uh, those of you who listen to every second of our shows, which God bless you, the the, the 12 of you out there that are uh, pumping <laughs> these out. Um, Thanks, Mom. <laughs> yeah. uh, those of you that listen to uh, uh, Monday or Tuesday show, whatever, whenever that comes out, um, where we're talking about Jim and, and I and the Ohio State suite and all that. Uh, we are in Norman this week, Tate. So uh, Ohio or Ohio, Oklahoma versus Nebraska on Saturday. Get prepared next week for the Jim Cunningham stories. But um, yeah, having boots on ground in Norman, we were yesterday walking around the stadium, and they have like a thousand statues. They have statues mm. of of every coach that there's Bob Stoops, Barry Switzer, uh, uh, Bud Wilkinson. Um, there's all the Heisman guys. They don't, yeah, they don't have Kyler. They don't have Kyler and Baker yet, but they're working on their statues and they're going to put those statues up pretty soon. Um, because that's what they do here. They just build statues. If you've, if you win games for Oklahoma, you get a statue. And I was thinking like one, this is cool because, uh, one thing I've learned about Oklahoma football in the short time I've been here is that they got 
like an insane amount of great players, which is obvious because Oklahoma is is one of the better programs, but it's on a level that like like they have seven Heisman winners state and Adrian Peterson's not even one of them. That's really all you need to say. You're like Adrian Peterson might be the best player ever. <laughs> yeah. Totally. Ever, ever. Totally. Uh, but like he's the best in my mind, he's the best Oklahoma football player. I'm sure Oklahoma fans disagree, but he's the best Oklahoma football player ever. And the guy never even won a Heisman. And they got seven dudes who did. He's not one of them. And I'm just like, my brain just and then they got like all these coaches. It's like who's the best coach in uh uh Oklahoma history? And and it's probably Barry Switzer, but not really because Bud Wilkinson won 47 games in a row and created the Oklahoma. So like I'm sitting there just taking it all in, and I'm like, in spite of all of this, in spite of all this things I'm learning, in spite of uh how cool it is to, to see the history and the, the all that. It is really, really weird that Bob Stoops is working big new kickoff and he's going to be on that set right over there. And there's a statue of Bob Stoops right there. Yeah. Do you think he I was like, we've gone, statue? He has I was like, we, we, we've gone too far with statue culture. That's my that's my take. And I and, and I kind of like whenever, you know, when when I guess it's still in the news, it's always in the news, the Confederate statues that keep getting taken down and everything. Um the in the rare occasions when people reach the out poor to poor horses. Me, I mean yeah. <laughs> <laughs> leave the leave the horses up, <laughs> take the men down. That's what I think. <laughs> There's just a guy out there like a chainsaw, like carbon property lay off the horse. Yeah, like, <laughs> chop the other <laughs> chop his head off. Yeah. Just leave his torso. It's just like a it's a Halloween thing now. It's the headless horseman. <laughs> and then like in 30 years, like we cut off Robert E. Lee's head on the statues, and then in 30 years, there's a debate about whether like his arms should be <laughs> still under it's like you know, his arms were those are traitorous arms. arms off the reins. Get rid of those arms. Those arms were a traitor to America. There's <laughs> they represent um no as <laughs> any Gorbachev, rip off those arms. <laughs> Anytime those statue uh, discussions come up, though, um, and and the rare instances where someone reaches out to my dumbass for an opinion, um, mm-hmm. I I have been consistent. First of all, I think all the Confederate statues should come down. Duh, that's a yeah. no-brainer. They were traitors. Um, get get them out of here. But beyond that, I think every statue should come down. <laughs> I think statues are weird. I think statues in general are very bizarre, and that is especially true of uh, statues of living people. The fact that Bob Stoops is like, like I don't think Bob Stoops is an old man. Certainly Sam Bradford's not an old man. There's a statue of Sam Bradford on Oklahoma's campus, and Sam Bradford's like, I still got I don't know what Sam Bradford thinks, but like in Sam Bradford mind, he's like, I'm, I'm not even, you know I'm not Sam even Bradford kind of thinks? I should be on Big Noon Kickoff. That's yeah. what he's thinking. He's watching that show. He's like, I should be on this show. Big Sam Bradford is like I should be starting in the NFL probably and and not really but you know what I mean. Sam Bradford and Carson Palmer feel like the, you know they probably hang out with each other. You know what yeah. I mean? They're like the same group of top tier yeah. quarterbacks that it kind of just didn't go the right way. Matt Stafford yeah. was going to be in that group, and then he got traded to the Rams, and is like, thank God I got to. Sam Bradford's still of age, and and if if a couple things go differently. Like the man is starting in the NFL and the fact that there's a yeah. statue for him is like bizarre to me. So anyway, to bring this back full circle and talk about Cal, I don't like it. I don't I like, I understand why UMass is doing it. Um, yeah, this is smart. This is, this is a smart nostalgia play. This is a, a, a reminder to all the fans as they're going to, as they're walking around campus, it's like, yeah, we used to be something at basketball. We used to, we yeah. have this history. Uh, we can get it back guys. We can get it back. But I don't like it. I don't like I don't like statues of people that are alive. The only thing I'll say to you, Mass, is if you're going to put Cal up, you have to put up the originator. You have to put up Rick Pitino. Rick Pitino mm-hmm. played basketball four years at UMass. I think you put him up as his own statue and definitely in uniform. So then you get Pitino, then you get Calipari, then you get Camby, then you get Dr. J. Now people were coming to UMass games just to see the statues. I mean, you and I would go, if there was a Rick Pitino, John Calipari statue next to each other, I would go to wherever that is. And if it has yeah. to be in Amherst, Massachusetts, I'll go there. 
I'll make it happen. It's worth it's worth my time. I also I, I agree with you with statues. As morbid as it is, it does feel like a statue should be like a John Wooden. You know, he's not here anymore. So like now, there's 500 statues in Indiana of John Wooden. You know, what Dude, I mean? one like of them. That, that's what I like to see. The that's one, my kind of statue the, the one in downtown Indy is John Wooden talking to a bunch of legs. Do you think he was? Do you think whoa, John Wooden was giving a a pep talk to Confederate generals? They just and, and they just chopped the them the off. <laughs> And that's why that statue is only legs. <laughs> I think so. What's up, Jim? Um, so you think there should be a period of time, like a statute of limitations? <laughs> also, as far as uh, chopping off, um, thank you. As far as chopping <laughs> off the head of the statue, uh, Simpsons did it. Simpsons, Simpsons did it. <laughs> of course they did. Yep. Of course they did. Oh. Did it. oh man. Uh well, I'm happy for Cal that he's getting uh he, he is yeah. getting he's getting the John Wooden treatment of like being from everywhere. Because what what has UNC Wilmington done for him? Are they nothing gonna... yet? That that was what I was thinking, but I think he left there on bad terms. He he went oh, really? um, expecting to play a lot more than he was. And then he was from uh, you know, Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, right outside Pittsburgh. I I, I believe that's right, Moon Township, something yeah. like that. So then he transferred back to his hometown and you know. That was that was the move, you know, the class, the classic old school college move. You know, you go away from home. You're really juiced yeah. up. You're excited. You're like, I'm at the beach. This is where they're filming Dawson's Creek. I'm not even sure. I think Dawson's Creek probably a decade later, two decades later. But at the same time, that's what he's thinking. Uh, but he didn't get to play any transfer. Back I got to I got to dig up all my UNC Wilmington recruiting letters. That was the one school we, we've talked about this on the show. Yeah, right? yeah, that yeah. was like the one school that. uh I thought I might go play at like, cause like I mean, when I, when I was being recruited uh, out of high school, I obviously wasn't good enough to go to the, the big schools. Um, and I didn't want to go to a smaller school just cause uh, all the, my, you know, growing up with big 10 family and all that. I was like, uh, I don't want to go to Indiana state. Yeah. No disrespect to Indiana state, but also, <laughs> no disrespect, I, mean, no disrespect. I mean, also like everyone, uh, everyone listening to this, it goes to Indiana state. It's like, yeah, we get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's what it is. Um, so I was like, I, you know, most of the schools are recruiting me. I wasn't that interested. And the one I was interested in Tate was UNC Wilmington. They were recruiting me. And I was like, you have my attention. Cause they kept sending me all those, uh, Hollywood of the, of the East. Yeah. Like, that that got me as a kid. I mean, every, yeah. every kid in North Carolina was like, I don't need to go to LA. I just got to yeah. go to the Hollywood of the East. I go, to <laughs> go to Wilmington. And then they would sit stuff about Michael Jordan being from there. And I was like, yeah. Whoa, Whoa. Am I Michael yeah. Jordan? Or I mean, am I a Hollywood star? I don't know. I'm one of those two. <laughs> yeah. Am I Brad Pitt or Michael Jordan? I don't know. I'll find out in Wilmington. <laughs> Honestly, it's a great uh, uh, what else? What else is going on? What's what's going on in Carolina? We haven't uh, we haven't really checked in with uh, with, with Carolina. I don't feel. I mean, I know people listening to roll their eyes like, "Are you kidding me?" That's all you guys talk about. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like uh, if we have, I haven't been really listening to what you're saying. So where where do you stand as a Carolina fan? What 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 is the content coming out of Carolina? Because you're talking about you're talking about Kentucky and Cal's in a position where you had a shitty year last year and you're looking for redemption. How does it look for Carolina? Are you feeling good about it? Yeah, I mean Hubert Hubert Davis as uh, as won the off season. Uh, you know, according <laughs> many, to the how many, how many winners of the offseason? Are there more? Are there more number one recruits or guys who won the offseason at this point? I'm not even kidding you. Inside Carolina put up a graphic yesterday that said North Carolina, you know, with Jalen Washington and this whole their their 2022 class is the number one class in the country. That that's what it was reported as, and not 
10 minutes later, I get on Twitter and Kentucky has literally put out the exact same graphic that says they have the number one recruiting class in 2022. The only thing I will say is that North Carolina is still in the exact same position as they were with Roy Williams, where we're doing really well, but we're also not at the forefront of the conversation. You know, you know what I mean? No yeah. matter what it is, whether it be winning, you know, they're going to talk about Villanova, whether it be recruiting, they're going to talk about Kentucky or Duke. So North Carolina is always going to be secondary in these conversations. Um, I was hoping maybe with Hubert Davis, they get a little bit of juice and the media says, Hey, remember him? He worked at college game day. Jay Billis is old, you know, confidant on the screen. Maybe we give him some, some, you know, encouraging, you know, media takes like what they do with our football program because of Mac Brown. It hasn't happened so far, Titus. I mean, I'm excited about North Carolina. I've heard that they look great in practice. Caleb Love is going to be a star this season. I see it in my mind. Yeah, yeah. You know, March 5th, Coach K's last game at home. I see this. Cameron Indoor. In the same way that Carolina football did this to Frank Beamer, his last game in Lane Stadium. Beat his ass. Send him home. Send him to retirement. You know what I mean? That's what I'm hoping that North Carolina is ready to cook up because Caleb Love, if there's anything I know about Caleb Love is that he wanted to play at Duke so badly that when he plays at Cameron Indoor, he plays out of his mind. And uh, <laughs> and I'm hoping in Coach K's last game he could do that. You mentioned that Joe Lenardi has us in the tournament. If it were if it were to happen where North Carolina wins two games of three and we had to lose the third game, let's lose it in the ACC tournament. You know what I mean? Let's make it as is tradition. You win two in the regular yeah. season. You beat Coach K at home. Everyone's like, damn, I, I think Coach K might come back. That can't be his last game, you know, in Cameron Indoor. And then Coach K beats him in the ACC tournament, and that's that's his final curtain call. We all boo. That'd be nice. I think I think everybody everybody feels like a winner in that situation. Exactly. And, and that's, yeah. what, that's what Carolina fans, at least I – uh, that's what I'm locked in on. It's Coach K's last game in Cameron Indoor. We have to win that game. Just like we did J.J. Redick's senior night. It's a perfect example of this. J.J. Yep. Redick, his senior night literally had the most ridiculous uh, look at me introduction <laughs> event you've ever seen in your entire life. I mean, it was so obnoxious. Anyone that watched that would be like, God, I hate that kid. There's there's no world in which I could ever pull for him. And Tyler Hansbro worked his ass all night. I mean, embarrassed him in front of his family, in front of his closest friends, in front of all of his little Duke believers. Embarrassed him. And that is what we hope happens on March fifth, uh, as North Carolina. We goes gotta, to we gotta go to that. I mean, every, that's, gonna be, to be hot, that's gonna be the hottest ticket in college basketball. Well, year, we we don't even need a ticket. Play. We we have tuxedos on, um, and we have booze. You know what I Dude, mean? Dude, we so, could like if we were, uh, you know, if if we were, uh, uh, not as honest, I guess you would you would say mm-hmm. we could uh, we could go to the game without tickets and pretend like we're getting kicked out and they won't let us in. And we could just, uh, we, we could just go rogue gorilla this shit and just like go to Krzyzewskiville and try to, we, we, we should do that. I, let's take this off here. Cut all this part too. No, no, we're, no. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to come up with a campaign that like we, we're trying to get to that game. And we, we, we should go to Krzyzewskiville. You know what I mean? Like this is yeah. the last time that it will be Krzyzewskiville. Now it's going to turn into Shireland or whatever the hell they're going to call it. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so we gotta we gotta enjoy that for the last time. Uh, I'm looking at Carolina's schedule, by the way. You guys got Purdue, Michigan, and UCLA non-conference. Yeah, yeah. that's sick, we, dude. We, we play a real schedule. That's sick. I'm I didn't know you were playing that. Purdue. I knew you had Michigan and the uh, you got Michigan and Big Ten ACC. Yeah, um, and you Michigan got UCLA. You got UCLA in Vegas uh, when Ohio State plays Kentucky. The CBS Sports Classic. I didn't know you were playing Purdue. Is that that's in Mohegan Sun? I think right. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's the Hall of Fame, and uh, Hall of Fame we, we could play. I think Villanova is also there. So. Um, oh really? Yeah, yeah. We're in the so same. You guys boat. might get Purdue Villanova. Those those might be the four one seeds. 
Yeah. And uh, I want to I want to back you up because uh, all your Carolina fans think that uh, I hate. Are your, are, your, are your Carolina friends think that I hate Carolina? Uh, I'm not like <laughs> drinking the Kool Aid at the level you are. So I want to I want to give them something and and a tip well, of the cap. I mean, look, we Carolina. we've been dealing with Duke media for probably the, yeah. you know for the last since like 2009. You know, since we since we beat everyone by 15 points in the NCAA tournament and dominated, and everyone acted like, oh, uh, not that impressed, yeah. not not that impressive. Uh We've been dealing with Duke media ever since. And then Duke so won the next year. And then it's Duke won the title the next year. Yeah, Brian by, by setting moving screens. And, <laughs> you know what I mean? Brian um, Zubek is an embarrassment to basketball. But no, yeah, Kara, I, I Kara, Kara, no, you guys are like you guys are like every other fan base where if you're not with us, you're against us. And yeah, yeah. it just it, it it puts like media people in a weird spot because you're because media people are like, Yeah, I'm, I'm not I'm not with you. I don't know how to explain it. Like I'm not <laughs> Yeah, of course. Um, of course, I'm not a Carolina fan. Are you crazy? <laughs> but I'm also like not anti-Carolina. Uh, but I was gonna say uh, one thing we should mention if we're gonna if we're gonna tie in Kentucky struggles last year, mm. Calipari's looking to the future. Same with Carolina looking to the future. Carolina made the tournament. You guys were what a nine seed, eight seed. You're the eight seed. We're the eight and seed. You lose the lose to Brad. Wisconsin Brad goes nuts, nice. and yeah. you know, like yeah, it wasn't a great year for Carolina basketball. But uh, I just wanted to point that out that that I think uh, last year, as you were complaining about often, when the narrative was the blue bloods suck. There was different levels of suck. Yeah, Duke and Kentucky were not sucking at the, or, or Carolina and Kansas were not sucking at the level that Duke and Kentucky were. And uh, I feel like you had to wear that a lot as Carolina. Of course, you know? yeah, because we especially we, the year before North Carolina only gets brought into the blue blood conversation when it's something bad, which is like the blue bloods are having a down year. North Carolina is in the conversation. The blue bloods <laughs> cheat. North Carolina in the conversation. You know what I mean? But when it's like the blue bloods are dominating the sport, it's like, don't bring in North Carolina. Duke, yeah. Kentucky, Duke and Kentucky. And Memphis. Those teams. Now, now you're cooking. Now you're talking about something. And then when you talk about classy programs, it used to be like, well, of course you're talking about North Carolina. And then Villanova somehow has usurped us. And now Virginia. when you like, Virginia I mean, Virginia well, yeah. another team. And and like even in the NBA, as you watch the playoffs, they'll be talking about, you know, the Villanova type of player or the Virginia type of player. And like yeah. that used to be us. You know, it used to be like the Carolina type players. You talked about a Wayne Ellington, whoever it may be. Um, so yeah, we we've been we've been getting we're taking hits I, on all I'm fronts. With you, man. That's when, the offseason for the I'm I'm gonna echo what the rest of America is thinking. When will things start going North Carolina? Exactly. Way? It's it's that, it's disgusting. 100. percent When will the Tar Heels catch yeah. a break? 2017 <laughs> was too long ago. <laughs> Point me to one instance where something has gone North Carolina's way recently in college basketball. Please. Uh, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back, maybe read some emails and have some more fun. Quick break for this message from NHTSA. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late, to find yourself at a railway crossing waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever. To the naked eye, trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are, and they can't stop quickly. Even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over one mile to stop. By that time, it's too late, and the result is a potentially deadly crash. The point is, you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. Even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way, and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't. Also want to talk about Discover. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit cards then do your first year automatically with no limit on how much you can earn. How amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing because of all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2021 Nelson Report limitations apply. And we're also brought to you by our friends at Edmonds. The car market is particularly competitive for all shoppers right now as demand is back in full swing. 
you know, there's been a lot of challenges. If you're looking for a car right now, I mean, it's kind of like trying to find a, a place to live, a place to buy. It's insane. Buying a car is one of the biggest purchasing decisions you can make. And right now it can be especially difficult. Edmunds has been taking the stress out of the entire car shopping process for over 50 years. At Edmunds, they know cars. They have in-depth reviews from the vehicle testing editors, and they can help narrow down your options. It's pretty easy. Edmunds ranks the best cars in every single category, and once you're ready to buy, you can go through the search filters and find which vehicle in particular you're looking for based on the color, based on the model. Uh, they have all the options you're looking for, and then they give you the dealership near you where you can go find that car. It's an amazing site, amazing setup. Over 50 years of car shopping advice and price guidance so you can shop more confidently. The Edmunds Vehicles Testing Team is one of the largest in the industry. You can read the in-depth reviews, like I said, and once you've narrowed down your list, Edmunds makes it so easy to search for these vehicles in your area, get accurate price estimates so you know how much to pay, and connect with local dealers to set up a test drive or to make your purchase. Shopping for a car can be overwhelming, but Edmunds is here to guide you to the perfect vehicle. Visit Edmunds.com to see the best car rankings and search for vehicles near you. That's E-D-M-U-N-D-S.com. For cars, there's Edmunds. Dell's semi-annual sale is the perfect time to power up productivity and gaming victories. Now you can save what Dell employees save on high-performance tech. Save 17% on the latest XPS and Alienware computers with Intel Core processors. Plus, check out exclusive savings on Dell monitors, headsets, and accessories for greater immersion in all you do. Upgrade today by calling 800 by dell Again, that's 800 by dell Or you can visit dell.com slash semi-annual sell. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Back to Tyson Tate. All right, let's answer some emails. Uh, first, I got. I want to add my own email. I want to start us off because, <laughs> because of course I do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, uh, I, like, I like this. I, I thought of this as we were, we were, um, you mentioned earlier that Cal is jacked up or something. He's so jacked what was up. The, was, was that the phrase you used? That, that's what he said. He yeah, said, I'm yeah. jacked up. He said, I'm not looking back. I'm jacked. Yeah. Like, I'm, and, and it, it, it conjured up an image of John Calipari being literally jacked up, like literally jacked out of his mind. And he's been doing like a steroid cycle in the off season. And uh, so I guess my email that I'm sending to Titus and Tate at gmail.com yeah. is this Tate. Which college basketball coach is most likely to uh, miss games this season because he tested positive for steroids? Ooh. And then all of us are like, all of us in the media are like, they're testing for that? Like, what yeah. the hell's going on here? Yeah. They come to find out that this college basketball coach has been on a steroid cycle for the last year or two or whatever and is trying to trying to bulk up. Mm. What's the answer, I wonder? Because, like, football, there's a lot to come to mind with football. Yeah, football could be almost every coach other than, like, yeah. background. Um, yeah. yeah, but basketball, it's, like, a different – it's a different breed of of, of guy yeah. we're talking about here that, like, I don't know. I'm trying to think of – I mean, the, the, the first one that pops in my head, and it's not even, like – 
steroids, not like anabolic steroids. It's it's like creatine or something like that. Um, and it's Eric Musselman. You know what I mean? It's like his he, name is literally Musselman. His name is Musselman. <laughs> uh, it's a little too on the nose, but I, that was like the first. Like when you said steroids, I immediately went to Musselman. I don't know how much of that is like playing my head. Nate Oates is another person. Nate Oates comes to mind. Yeah, that popped in my mind. Buzz Williams also popped in my yep. mind. And I was like, I feel like I would see him, and he's like kind of more felt and ripped, and I'm like, what's going on here? And then it comes out. He's got deer antler spray. Uh, Mike Bray jumps out to me as like Ooh. a guy who's trying to uh, like a, he's going through a midlife crisis and um, he's on the tail end of his career and people are doubting him and uh, he knows he's going to Maui this year. So, uh, you know, maybe he, maybe this off season, he was, he was juicing, getting, getting, uh, getting ready for Maui that, that, the, the idea of like Mike Bray was like, I'm going to win them over with, if I can't win them over with my coaching acumen, I'm going to win them over with my body. And I'm yeah. going to show up just as, as I'm a, I'm, I'm a beefcake beefcake Bray is what they're going to call me. That's what he's saying <laughs> himself in the mirror every morning. <laughs> I saw that Dick Vitale, by the way, came out and said that he expects, like he knows that Notre Dame is a football school, but he expects the basketball team to be the star of the show this season. And uh, he was hearing, Whoa great reports out of, out of camp. Uh, and apparently Mike Bray has a, a senior laden team. Um, that's going to be awesome, baby. Um, so just FYI, keep that on. Like this could be the year that Mike Bray comes fit, you know, comes felt mm-hmm. you know, rocking all the under armor gear and, uh, and ready to roll. So I like Penny, that. Penny's yeah. not a bad answer either. If you, if you think of, if you're thinking of steroids as like the, the, uh, you're thinking of the scene in the program where the guy was, uh, I, I only watched that movie one time, but that scene where he's lifting weights, then he heads yeah. the car, you know, like if that's your image of steroids, I don't think Penny necessarily checks that box, but the idea of like uh, uh, stem cells and, and going to Germany for, for procedures to like, you know, take care of your body, all that kind of stuff. Penny checks those boxes for like Penny is like, he's likely to me to be doing like experimental stuff to stay young. So that way he can get into practice and bring in all these five-star recruits and then school their ass. And like that, that's maybe that's what Penny, like he doesn't actually want to coach college basketball. He just wants to collect the best talent and then school them in practice and be like, I'm better than all of you. And it's just like an ego thing for him that he's like, I just want to feel young at all yeah. times. So I'm, if I continue to school 18 year olds, then I'm the king. Then I'm, I'm I'll, the never king yeah. I'll never die. I'll never die. Yeah, I'm little Penny forever. Uh, the other name <laughs> that comes to my mind, I don't know why you can knock it down. Leonard Hamilton. I just, uh, Oh yeah. Like, Somehow Leonard Hamilton has been cycling steroids for like 20 years and, and nobody has known. Yes. Yeah. No one's seen him shirtless. And he turns out he's like literally like Terry Crews, how ripped he is. We're like, oh my God, how did I not see this? He's half Terry Crews, half uh, uh, Patrick Bateman. And he's just yeah, like, yeah, yeah. he's got this skincare routine and he's, <laughs> it, takes, it takes him eight hours every, oh, every morning man. he wakes up to. Speaking of, Leonard uh, Hamilton is in the uh, the basketball coaching Illuminati. I learned that at the Hall of Fame. Leonard Hamilton. Oh, really? He's in that group. Yeah. It's interesting to see, like, who's, like, in, you know, Bob Hurley Sr. It's, it's like a coaching nucleus. And I was like, oh, wow. No wonder, Coach. I was like, Coach Ham's getting the Hall of Fame. That's literally what I thought. I was like, oh, my God. Coach Hamilton's going to get the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and he might be on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> he's in the Illuminati. <laughs> Well, we'll find out because uh, I think we're going to get killed for, uh, for you know, if he's really in the Illuminati, I think Tate and I are going to disappear. Very yeah, well, yeah, you guys heard it here first. Um, should we get anyway, to the that's real? enough. Yeah, get to the real emails. I was thinking about that, that's though. I, I, I don't know if that was a fun exercise. I think but, that might have been the best email of the week. Thank you. Right. <laughs> thank, thank you for writing in, Mark. Uh, we got the this is the question. Uh, he didn't even sign his name, but it's from Mbar35. 
the topic line is Hurley Brothers. What is the over-under on career national championships for the Hurley Brothers? Who wins one first? Who will finish with a better career winning percentage, the Hurley Brothers or the Miller Brothers? Um, that's mm. a... That's an mm. issue. Question. All right. So where where are we at? I wonder what the winning percentage now. I guess we gotta we gotta pull that up. Um so let, let me let me see here. So B- Bobby Hurley is 50 years old on the dot. Dan Hurley is 48. They are still young men in this profession. They could both yep. still be coaching for uh we'll 10, call it 20, years. Yeah. 20 years, 25 years if they're if they're they don't want to give it up, if they're the cut from the coach cage in Bayheim cloth. Uh I think, I think you give them winning. I'll say this though: winning a national championship, breaking news, very difficult. Take. Very difficult. Very difficult. There, Not a guarantee in this life. There are a long list of coaches that uh, you, you thought would win one at some point. Date going back to even like say a Gene Cady type. Like Gene Cady was rattling off Big Ten championship after Big Ten championship, and Glenn Robinson is uh, the best player. Some people, like people, Purdue fans at the time in the 90s were like, this guy might be the greatest college basketball player of all time. Like, Yeah, what and they Robinson wouldn't be that doing. crazy. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the numbers he put up, insane. Purdue is insane. Purdue is rolling. Purdue doesn't even make the Final Four with Gene Katie Tate. It's hard. It's very, very hard. And uh, some of these coaches, like, say, um, a, a, a Tony Bennett, uh, a, a Scott Drew recently, give you the sense, they give you the sense that you just knock on the door enough, eventually gonna, that door's going to open. Jay Wright even. Jay Wright, yes. Like, if you just keep knocking, eventually it's going to open up. But, you know, on the flip side, there's always like a Bo Ryan who mm-hmm. was knocking and never, he got to, he finally got to his final four, never did win it. Thad Mata, same thing. Like, he was rolling at Ohio State. You thought you would have, I would have bet the farm that Thad Mata was going to win a national title at some point. Never happened. Um, mm-hmm. So, you, so what I'm saying is, it feels like the Hurleys. I mean, I would say Dan's in a much better position. Arizona State, you're not winning a national title, Arizona State. It's just not, it's simply not going to happen. Arizona State doesn't want to win a national title. Arizona State wants to be the fun school. Yeah. That's it. That's what they want to be. We, we know multiple people that went to Arizona State that, that hit us up all the time about Arizona State sports. And uh, all the time, like if they win like five games in a row, they get excited, but it's not even like we're going to win the national championship. It's like, I bet campus is lit right now. <laughs> like that's always the mindset at Arizona state. They're, they're like, we want to beat Arizona. Like they're, they, they, they're just playing a different game down there. So he's not going to do it at Arizona state. He's got to leave. Um, so I'm going to say Dan has a better chance because he's in a position where he's got the resources, he's got the pedigree, he's got the name. He's brand. at UConn. UConn is UConn. one of those teams yeah. where, like, we go into the tournament, as we saw this year. Every, you know, random person on the street that made a bracket said, oh, I'm going to take UConn. I mean, they got they got a guard that can score. Oh, like Kimba? Yeah. Yes. Shabazz Napier? Boom, I'm going to take But that's going to that's gonna keep happening. Ball in his favor. Yeah. Uh, uh, if it's not book night, it's going to be the next guy. There's always going to be a guy at UConn that's doing that because you can sell that recruiting. You can be like, exactly. we are... Uh, ball dominant guard you. <laughs> yeah, you can get your <laughs> shots. We are. You can get yeah. your shots here. Come to UConn. Uh, <laughs> Take you, your shot. You go recruit like New York City. You find a guy that that loves having the ball in his hands and scoring, and you're like, come to UConn. Where this is what we do. And they're like, he's like, all right, and that'll keep happening. Yeah. So, he's like, I uh, remember my dad telling me about this guy Kimba Walker. You're like, you didn't watch Kimba Walker? What? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's how young these kids are now. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna say Dan. I think Dan wins one. I don't like, again, this is, we're, we're taking a huge leap here because uh, it's nothing is guaranteed. He is, I mean, how, what's the farthest Dan's even gotten in the NCAA? He's never made a sweet 16. Yeah. He's yeah. never even made a sweet 16. So this is, I understand this is a, a huge swing. I'm the over under though. I think you have to set it at, at 
0.5 though, right? Yeah. That, that, they, that even them combined wins, wins a single one. Cause you know, he, he brought up the, whoever the emailer was brought up the Miller brothers. I think the same thing could have applied with them that you're like, surely one of these guys is going to win a national title at some point. Archie I mean, the, the more interesting question with the Miller brothers is, I mean, will they either one of them ever be a head coach again? Right. In basketball? Archie will. Archie will. Archie will. Sean, I think Sean's going to do the Kelvin Sampson move. He's going to go to the NBA and, uh, and like hide out for two hide out. Years. Yeah. Yeah. And then come back and like when, when the, the setting, when like the college basketball landscape is like a little cooler, I don't mean like cool as in like a backwards hat and sunglasses. I mean, cool is like it, it, you know, the, the, the idea of like being a cheater is, is ice. Like no one cares. We're already kind of getting there, but like Sean needs to go in exile for a little while and then come back. And then everyone like revisits what he did. And he's like, you paid players who cares, you know, and, and someone hires him and, uh, Away we go, and, yeah. and he's off. But I think I think Archie will Archie will will land on his feet somewhere. But to this to 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 the point though, like you would have you would have assumed Archie goes to the Elite Eight with Dayton in 2014. Um, Sean goes to how many Elite Eight? Seven, eight, nine yeah, at Arizona. Too many. Too many. <laughs> uh, you would have you would have you know at some point 2014, 15. I mean, in 14, 14 was the year they were both in the Elite Eight, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Arizona's in the Elite Eight and Dayton. I mean, you're looking at that in 2014. You're saying to yourself, yeah, surely one of these guys is going to win a title. Now here we are. They, neither one of them have jobs. So I'm setting the over-under at, at 0.5, and the guy who's going to do it is Dan eventually. Um, but also, I don't know. Bob, Bob, Bobby Hurley has to get a better job than Arizona State mm-hmm. at some point. And I feel like it's like a USC or, I mean, at one time I even joked about him going to Arizona. But I think if Bobby Hurley can get to a Dan Hurley position where he's at a UConn or a school that perennially has been a national championship contender, then then I almost, maybe you bump that line up to one. Because I think right. Dan at UConn, Bobby at USC, you know, those are two real shots. And I think they are really good coaches at the end of the day, but it's, it's a tough, I, it's, tough, it's, tough it's tough, dude. It's, I, I think that a college for, for some people, they, they see a college basketball national title. It's easy to win. Cause all you have to do is get hot for uh, three weeks, basically in March. If you get, if you get hot for three weeks, you, you win the title when six games in a row done, you won the title. I kind of see it the other way though, because, I think I, I just think of all the best teams. Like this is an extra. This is a great offseason exercise that people do every offseason. Who's the best team to not win a title? And you look at those teams, and it's insane how many great teams don't win titles. And how yeah. I, I see it, the other, like it's easier to win a title if you're a shitty team in college basketball than any other sport. Yes, that's true. That's that's a fact. If you're a seven seed, you could theoretically get hot at the right time and win a title. But if you're like clearly the best team in in whatever sport you're playing. College basketball is is a disaster in terms of like it's it, it's 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 insane. It's like every it, you, you, you anything could go wrong, Tate. Anything could go wrong in March Madness. We've yeah. seen it a thousand times. Uh, and to that point, like I don't know, it's 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 impossible to sit here and be like, yeah, this this guy's definitely going to win a title, or this guy's you know, because it doesn't work that way. For every, no, not I mean, at Mark, all. Mark Few still like if we're, if we're doing the knock at the door thing, Mark Few is at the head of the line in terms of like I it, it's time for me to. It's win his title. time. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, guys cut the line. Jawan Howard might we might look up in six years, and Jawan Howard hasn't won a title, but he's been to three Final Fours, and he's been knocking at the door. And it's like, all right, Hurley Brothers, get the hell out of the way. It's Jawan Howard's time now. You know, like so, yeah. if we're doing it that way. I don't know, man. All right, that's a that was, that was way no, too I mean, long. I, answer, but. I, I think that was a great question. I like that. I like the thought yeah. experiment. I like it. Got me thinking though, because yeah. it's like you 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 think you know where things are going in this sport. But you never really do, and that's why we love it. That's what keeps us coming back. It's like you don't, 
There's always I wonder, curveballs. I wonder before the season what the line would have been for the Drew brothers. If we threw the Drew brothers into that yeah. conversation, you know what I mean? It probably would have been 0.5. But now you look at Scott Drew, he got his one. So now they're above what what we'd expect. And then um, I'm just going to tell you, man, Grand Canyon is going to be <laughs> like they're, they're going to be in the conversation. Like they got in the NCAA tournament this year for the first time. They are going to figure it out. Jerry Colangelo runs that school. Oh, name, image, likeness, Eric, Grand Canyon. Let's go. Good luck. Let's go. Good luck, America. Uh, I mean, good luck, Arizona. I mean, Tommy Lloyd, you don't even know what you're going against. Uh, All right. We got a couple more to do. Uh, This is a good question because I think it's a fascinating question. Uh, Matthew Barizzi says, simple question. Who or what is the clutch of college basketball? Formerly, it was World Wide West. Um, oh, yeah. Is it the Coach K cro- coaching tree? Um, but who or what is the clutch of college basketball? I'll just answer this. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you straight up, Matthew. The clutch of college basketball, and this is going to blow your mind, is clutch. Yeah, I was going to say it's clutch. It's still clutch. It's still clutch. <laughs> <laughs> that was going to be my answer, too. I was like, I think it might just be clutch, right? <laughs> I just find that fascinating because I think everyone assumes that like clutch, like agencies start at the high school level as Christian Dawkins taught all of us. And the guy who hired Christian Dawkins for the people at home that don't know this, Andy Miller sports agency or sports, whatever it was, that company, Andy Miller, the guy who ran it, who, who got Christian Dawkins in all those situations. Guess what his job is now? Oh yeah. He runs all the coaching operations for clutch. (laughs) I'm not even kidding. Love this sport. I love oh, it so much. Uh, the the other answer, I guess, like if you're throwing clutch, because I I know what he meant. Um, yeah, yeah, no, the, the answer is still clutch, but yeah, like that, that the answer is definitely clutch. But uh, we're not we're not saying that to act like we're we're just laughing at the. We're not trying to be cheeky. Like that's no, no, no. The, the we're literally just actually, being like you you answered your own question. You know, you know who it is. But I guess like yeah, the coach K coach. I don't the coach K coaching like coach K's coaching tree. The the bubble that he's built does feel like a bubble though where it's like it, it if, if you live in that world there's a ton of power and if you're trying to climb the ladder within the coach k ranks like you do have to play that political game but it does sort of exist in its own sphere where i've found that there are a lot of co- most coaches don't give a shit about any of that and they're not trying to break into that like people aren't you know what i mean like it just kind of right. like it's its own universe to where it doesn't, it influences college basketball only insofar as like those teams or those coaches like win or lose games here and there. But there's not like a pervasive, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like Chris Holtman's not at Ohio State, like scared of upsetting some, you know, scared of upsetting John Shire because he's yeah. Coach K's guy and this is going to, you know, on the recruiting trail because, you know, like that, that doesn't go through guys' minds. That, no. so, so there is no like, Coach K does have a lot of influence, obviously, but it it exists in that little bubble that he's built for himself. Yeah, I mean um, the the real the real whatever power players, whatever you want to call them, in this whole thing is the you know the TJ Gasnolas, right? That yeah. that were involved from Adidas. It's it's the Merle Codes of the world, and and it's not those guys. The Jeff D'Angelo's. It, it, yeah, it's the guys that have the exact same job, but at Nike, that are the real power players. I was like, gonna say like the, the Phil who, Knight get upset. Yeah, the Phil, Phil Knight, Knight coaching tree <laughs> is the real. <laughs> The Phil Knight coaching tree is the the clutch of college yeah, basketball. We, we should put that graphic out. Who's the clutch of college basketball? And it's just a picture of Phil Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Knight eating popcorn at the PK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, somehow I feel like Clutch and Rich Paul would love that. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like yeah. look great branding for us. 
Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it kind of is Phil Knight, though. I mean, Phil Knight, uh, you know, he, he pulls all the strings. He can, you know, the Phil Knight coaching tree. Who's in the Phil Knight coaching tree? Yeah. It's everybody. Everybody. <laughs> if you have ever worn Nikes in your life, you were in the Phil Knight coaching tree in his mind. So congratulations, yeah. America. Uh, next one. Mailbag question. Uh, Scott Drew is the headline. He says, hey, yep. guys. Love it. Huge fan of the podcast. Looking forward to next season and seeing Tate win his first doubt before reporting. Know the two of you have bonded in the past over the perennial question. Is Scott Drew actually a good coach? As a Baylor fan, it seems clear to me that the answer has been yes since before yep. the national title win. But now everyone is on board with that answer. Now my question is, how many Baylor losses would it take for the media to go back and say that last year was a quote-unquote Mickey Mouse tournament and that Scott Drew is quote-unquote not actually a good coach? Hopefully that never happens, but Baylor always seems to not be given the benefit of the doubt since they are quote-unquote not a blue blood. I love these quotes. These are good. Keep up the great stuff and hope to see you come to Richmond for the VCU-Richmond rivalry. Wait a second. You're a Baylor fan. What? Did did he put those in quotes that he put for the VCU-Richmond quote-unquote rivalry? I do love the sarcastic, like the yeah, yeah, the condescending yeah. quotes. Yeah, of, like uh, that's what you guys say. Uh, it, yeah, <laughs> like yeah, based on your vernacular, this is um, what you would say about it. I mean, this is a good question, Jeff. I like it. I I want to say so in my mind as I'm answering this in the off season when uh, you know tempers are 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 cooled down and we're not like in the thick of uh, overreacting to stuff and and all that. Uh, I want to say it's got to be five years of missing the Sweet Sixteen. That if, if Scott Drew does not make the Sweet 16 for the next five years, you, you're going to scratch scratch your head and be like, how how did, did was it a Mickey Mouse tournament? I mean, like we have to ask the question, Tate. That like if if Baylor was in a real life NCAA tournament atmosphere, where they're the one seed and the other games that are going to be played after them, all those fans are cheering against them. And we want to see the one seed go down. You know, we're, we'll, we'll find a way. We will. I know that we'll find a way to ask. Uh, is Scott Drew still a good coach? I think it's got to be five years. But honestly. It's going to be less than that because these things move quickly that uh, I feel like it's like three years. I feel like three years of no sweet 16 and we're going to be right back in there or like one, one of those three years of no sweet 16. And one of those years they missed the tournament. Just Baylor just like completely implodes and has like a Kentucky Duke type season last year. Um, What do you think? Mm, I think that Scott drew. Literally in two years, if they don't make the tournament in back-to-back years, we're all saying it, it's... They're going to make the tournament this year. Of course. They're going to be saying, good this year, but you're that, saying that's like... how quickly it could turn. Like, if, if they had two bad years, I think America takes away yeah. the good faith. And I think Jeff was right. I mean, I, I don't think that anyone gives Baylor the benefit of the doubt. Um, they're definitely not giving Scott Drew the benefit of the doubt. Even though Baylor had this amazing moment and and obviously dominated Gonzaga, it felt like even after the game, the story was about how Gonzaga blew it more so than like Baylor right. was, was the best team all year. You know what right. I mean? So like even the way it's framed in the memory of people was like, oh yeah, that was the year Gonzaga was undefeated and blew it. Instead of it like, oh, that was the year that Baylor was the best defensive team we've seen in 10 years and right. shut down Gonzaga. Uh, you know what I mean? So they don't even get the benefit of the doubt of the storyline coming out of the title game, let alone Scott Drew in three, four, five years removed. I mean, Roy Williams won a championship in 2017 and last year people were telling me he was a bum. You know the what game I mean? passed him by, yeah. Yeah, it was three years away from a title. You know what I mean? Yeah. So 
it it moves quick. It moves quick. It does move quick. But I I think Baylor's in a good spot though. Baylor, I don't think they're going like they're going to be great this year. They're not going away. They could honestly, I think Baylor would be good enough to go back to back. They're not going to be nearly as good as they were last year. But you don't have to be in college basketball. That's the other part. Is like I I I say that's all the old heads. Uh, my my era, like some of the guys I played with or played against or or practiced or you know what I mean, sat on the bench as they were playing. Um. I, I, you talk to those guys and like, man, we, I look around and they do the old man thing. Cause we're starting to get a little older where you're like these, these teams, we would have beat the shit out of Baylor last year. Like we would have, we were yeah. the, the, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. And, and uh, even talking about like coming into the next season of like, yeah, you know, th- this team, that team, they, they, they might be good, but like, I feel like we would have beat the shit out. Of, and I'm, and I always keep, I, I always remind them, Tate, that you don't have to be better than the, you don't have to be better than Duke in 2002. Or 2001, or that era of Duke basketball, late 90s, early 2000s. You're not going up against that. You don't have to be better than Georgetown in the mid 80s. That's not what no. you're good. You know, you have to be better than the other teams this season. And I think Baylor, the the team Baylor is going to have next year, they're going to be very good. So they could, they could, they could definitely go back to back. Um, what is what is uh, let, let's let's say Scott Drew. We're done with the question about is Scott Drew a good coach. What is what is our new unanswerable question? Mm. If 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 we have a definitive answer on that, is Scott Drew a Hall of Famer? <laughs> is Scott Drew. A- Right, yeah, that's the. Next, I mean, because like, I mean, Jay Wright's in the Hall of Fame, Roy Williams in the Hall. I mean, every pretty much every. I think Bill Self's in the Hall. I mean, every active coach yeah. they, they bump him up to the Hall of Fame. So is Scott Drew going to be? And the good news is that he has Homer, right? I mean, he has his dad. He has the pedigree. He is you know in the basketball lineage. So I think there's a real good shot that he goes into the Hall of Fame, which. I think if you had told no, him, no, you can't put Scott Drew in the hall. This year. And ever that's off. And ever off. Now we're going. Now we're going. And if you told us in 2015 that Scott Drew was going to go to the Hall of Fame, I think you and I would have spit our drinks out laughing. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wow. You know what I mean? <laughs> this for yeah. fun. I like it. Let's just pivot to is Scott Drew a Hall of Famer? Yeah. We, we can't even we can't even let him enjoy one national title. We're just already <laughs> yeah, immediately just, going to the next level. Isn't of, that what happened? I remember Phil Mickelson said that he won his masters in 04. And he was like, I thought I won my first major. Everyone was going to like kind of be like good job phil and then he was like immediately people were like well when are you gonna win when, when are you, when are you gonna win yeah. yeah when are you gonna win the u.s open when are you gonna win the PJ? that's like that's like when you're in a relationship in your 20s and 30s uh, and uh you get asked when are you guys getting engaged oh, or when are you guys uh, moving in together and oh, if you move yeah. in together it's like when are you getting engaged uh, when are you getting married when well, are you having babies and then there's, al- there's always like the next step of like your friends Here, and family. Here's my questions. life advice, unsolicited, out to the people in the world. That, like you said, 20s, 30s, these, these questions are being lobbied to you. The reason why your friends and your family are asking you when is the next step is because they want you to join them. They want you yes. to join them in despair. They want. <laughs> you know, have you ever heard "Misery loves company"? That is what these people want. They want you to be married with them. They want you to be miserable. So now you guys have something to talk about: your old ball and chain and your miserable life. I mean, this is. This is how they do it. This is how they work. I mean, I've been at a wedding with my significant other being the maid of honor and everyone doing this, the whole runaround. And I was like, I felt like they were trying to get me to join the children, like a cult or something. I was like, this is too much. Like, why, why do you guys want me to get engaged so bad? What what do you know that I don't know? You just got to make up a, make up a fake wife, dude. Like just start like, especially you you start getting with the old heads, like, especially like professionally when like no one's actually going to know you that well. Yeah. Just start talking about your wife. You're like, oh, oh. Well, you know, my, how it my is. wife in the, south, in the south of the Midwest, you know, when you're, you're, you're our age or you're 28, like me, like I'm supposed to be married. I'm supposed yeah. to, 
you know, have it all figured out. So then when you come home, you're like the scarlet letter. You know what I mean? People come yes. to like, is everything okay? Uh, do, 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 do you, do you need me to hook you up with somebody? You're like, I'm 28 in Los Angeles. This is okay. No, that's the, that's great. what I've, I've explained to people back home. That's the, the biggest, the one biggest legitimate difference that I've experienced living in the Midwest versus living in LA is that in the Midwest, your social currency is your family dynamic is, yeah. uh, are, are you in a relationship? Are you married? Do you have kids? No. If, if the answer is no, then I'm going to put you over there with all the other single people and you guys yeah. go do single things. You're a pariah. If, if you're married and have kids, you come on, you get a step through this door. Yeah. Now you get to have like play. Dates you get a with nice your kids. Warm meal. Yeah. 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 And hug, like, but, yeah. but you get like your social currency is where you're at with your family in right. that regard. So like, th- those are some of the first questions people ask when you go to like a party is like, do you have a, do you have a girlfriend or wife or like, or do you have any kids yourself? And when you say no, they think you're like a serial killer. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and, in Los Angeles, my experience is your social currency is your career or your job or your cloud, yeah, yeah, you yeah. know? And it's like, wow. it's, it, it, it's that's, that's your social currency. I don't even and, care about the job. It's just and cool. with that, you mingle, like you, you could have a guy that's like married with seven kids and he's out getting after it with like a, a young single dude. And they're both like going to the club together. And you're like, yeah. th- this would never happen. And, but, but they're like in the same line of work and they have the same level of clout. <laughs> yeah. So like they they get a, they, they get paired yeah. up yeah they, like they're they in the both same work group. at UTA so they're like yes. <laughs> you know what I mean like yeah. that's the that's the social currency is like your your blue checks how many blue check are you blue checks across all platforms or just on Instagram all platforms okay, okay cool. <laughs> you, said, you said Drake followed you on TikTok on TikTok oh my god all right all right, all right come come through this door sir yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll show you my latest post you got a million views. <laughs> Oh man! All right, I don't really know how to get all that. Let's do it. Do what? Do we got any more? Is that, is that good? Uh, the, the last one is a sleeping giants question, which I, I just wanted to basically one say we got to do an update on the sleeping giants at some point, and then you know bring this up. But this is from Noah. Noah says, "My question is, what's the blueprint to wake a sleeping giant program?" Quote unquote, mm-hmm. or uh, sorry, parentheses behind, beyond the bag. <laughs> the quote yeah. unquote's got me the last time, Jeff. And who is the ideal person in the game right now to do it? This can be a general riff on all sleeping giants. I wouldn't wish a lengthy conversation about the Paul ball on anyone. Much love, Noah. Um, yeah. So what what goes into a sleeping giant other than the bag? Is what he's saying. Other than paying recruits, other than that sort of thing. I think Awaken. I think the form. Yeah. I think the formula we're seeing is the shoe company. Not like obviously the bag part of that of like steering recruits or whatever. But um, not even the steering of recruits. It's the 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 coolness factor, Tate. Yeah, like, yeah. I think like UCLA getting Jordan Brand going from Under Armour to Jordan Genius. is massive. That's going to be massive for UCLA, and uh, we see it. Like we're not that we're smarter than anyone else, but like people that like kind of know how the game works saw that and are like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, they're like, <laughs> the, good does, does does this mean that UCLA is going to win national title after national title? I don't know, but like. It's it's going to matter. They're going to be better, and the program is going to feel healthier and more relevant nationally just because of that. Just because their jerseys are going to have a Jumpman logo versus a whatever the hell the Under Armour logo was. So I think it's that. I think number one is is nailing the shoe brand, which is basically Nike Jordan. That seems to be the only thing that resonates with kids, uh, unfortunately, because I wish others did. But Jumpman, baby. I don't know. That's the way it goes. That's the way it seems to work. Uh, number two. Is it, do you think, uh, hiring the, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this is, is, is it a blanket move? Do you think 
to hire the best player in program history to be your head coach? Is that the move? Because like that seems to be the recent move that everyone's doing. Jawan Howard is the, yeah, the but great we've example. Seen it going, like, Clyde Drexler, Clyde Drexler and, and, yeah. and Chris, Chris Mullen were horrible. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I think like in your head, you're like, that's the move, but it's got to be the right fit with that. Yeah, um, it's got to be a penny situation where they actually were coaching AAU ball and kind of understand the grassroots level. You know what I mean? Like it, it's got to make sense. It can't just be someone coming in and jumping into the pool and, you know, just saying, Oh, I guess I'll figure this out. You know, that's yeah. not going to work. I, I I mean, I don't know how, cause there, I, there's, there's sort of no blanket deal to this in terms of uh, like a one size fits all. It's like, I, I think you have to tap into the resources you have at the school you have. Like if, if we were to call pepper giant Pepperdine, a sleeping giant, obviously their resources are being right by the beach, but Pepperdine's a dry campus and it's yeah. in Malibu, which is like awesome to older people like us, but 19 year olds, you go to K. K you, you don't want to sleep. Like, I campus. don't get it. You don't, yeah. You're, you're 19 year old. Eight, when you're getting recruited at 16, 17, you go on a visit to Pepperdine. You're like, this place is quiet as hell by the beach. That's boring. And like, yeah. when you go back as I'm in my mid thirties and I go up there, I'm like, this place is quiet as hell by the beach. This is the greatest school paradise. ever. Paradise. <laughs> this is a paradise. Um, but it's kind of like if Mark Aguirre went back to DePaul to be the head coach, I don't think that does anything for anybody. You know yeah. what I mean? I don't think it helps. That's a great DePaul example. Yeah. I don't think that it helps Mark Aguirre. And I don't think it helps with like the media coverage of DePaul. I mean, it would for the first, like for the press conference, like if Mark Aguirre, you know, cries because he's so proud to be back in DePaul, you know, there's a Juwan Howard effect. Right. That, but, at the end of the day, the reason Michigan's getting all these kids is because Jawan Howard is cool and has connections to Pat I think Riley, that's it. Michael Jordan, all those things. But he also has Jordan Brand. I think that's it. I think it's. I think what you said though about Jawan Howard having the kid, it's not enough to just be the guy that. It's not enough to do the nostalgia play and be like, "Remember when I scored a lot of points here?" Yeah. So now everybody buys season tickets and invests in this program. You got to have a guy uh, like a Jawan, like a even even Penny was this way, uh, having the, the grassroots part of it down where. There, there's there's a built-in network of respect and connections and you hit the ground running when you take the job. So whoever that is, I think that that is that is very, very important of like having the right fit of the coach who is in the 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 place where he knows how to pull all of those strings. He knows yeah. how to, which is the reason like you know, Mike Woodson taking over Indiana has people excited in Indiana. And I don't, you know, I don't know what the hell is gonna happen. I think it's gonna be a great hire. I think he's gonna be awesome. But uh part of the reason is like my dad, the first when the moment I called my dad, I was like, "What do you think about Woody?" He's like, "It's he's going to be awesome because my dad's mind is going to there of like Indiana's unique place. You have to know how to pull the strings." Yeah. Mike Woodson will know that. Uh, Jawan Howard knows that at Michigan. Um, yeah, so I, I think that's the move. Like, if you're an SMU, what we've talked about with the Sleeping Giant, you have to know what the culture of SMU is. You yeah. have to know uh, what what the boosters want to see. What and, and it's different at SMU. It's going to be a little bit different than it is at say like a Miami. Yeah, like, it's, uh, it's not. It, you have to understand how it works. Who you like? Yeah. Who 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 do you have to kiss around here? Like, kiss the what ring do I have to kiss in this place to make sure things work? Is it the boosters? And, is it the you know the president of the university? Is it the AD? And then what Nike do I have to deal with? The, you know what I mean? You right. Know the label. And also, and like also the high schools and the circuits and all that sort of stuff. Also, I think the recruiting strategy you gotta you gotta nail where it's like if you're taking over to Paul. Surprise, surprise, recruiting the Chicago kids, obviously. Like, that's the move. But you have to, like, be very intentional about, like, all right, so we're going to make our brand. The DePaul basketball brand is going to be – maybe we're, like, the misfits of Chicago. Maybe it's, like, the like Illinois going after the shiny five stars that are, like, on McDonald's All-American. I'm going to go after the grinders from Chicago that are, like, three-star dudes that are flying under the radar because, I don't know, maybe they have – 
academic problems or something, you know, like maybe, or like maybe there's like something going on where like the bigger Girl's schools of the world. Yeah. The bigger schools don't really want them for X, Y, Z reasons or at one AAU tournament, the, the guy punched another guy in the face and like, that's turned off some people, but like, screw it. We'll take him at the paw, bring him in here. And you get like a, these tough nose sons. That's kind of what Mick Cronin did at Cincinnati. You just get yeah, like yeah, tough yeah. nose son of bitches that like no one else was kind of recruiting. And then they would just like beat the shit out of people. And, Sometimes they, like, they would, sometimes they that would, word. yeah, they would like, they would look up at the scoreboard. They'd be like, we lost that game, but we beat the shit out of them. How did we lose? And they're like, cause that's not what we're doing here. guys. We're, we're trying <laughs> yeah, to score yeah. baskets. And they're like, well, whatever. We, we kicked their ass. That's all I know. Um, good job, fellas. So maybe that's the move at the Paul. Maybe the move at SMU is like, we think national, we recruit national. We try to like, I, I don't know. So I, th- there's a million different ways you can go about it, but I, I shoe brand is the move though. Like it's not, uh, it, it's, as lame, it's crazy. As, as it sounds, it, it really is the only way. It, That's the, the only it, way, man. You got to yeah. hit that. Like, I don't think, or, or you like, you can, you could be very fortunate where you take a job at USC, but you were at Sierra Canyon or knew a kid at Sierra mm-hmm. Canyon. And you basically could, could get them to the program. So then you get one superstar and then you hope that that will lead like a domino effect of more. Yeah. But that doesn't even work. I mean, it, you need to have some sustainable reason to go to that school. And right now it's, Hey, we're represented by Nike. Hey, we're represented by Jordan or you're on the, you're on the Adidas circuit and you're like, hey, I'm the best player on the Adidas circuit. So guess what? I get to go to Kansas. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. That's the only thing Kansas really ever that Adidas has is Kansas. So it's like, we can send you to a blue blood. We can send you to Kansas. That's it. Dude, Indiana's Adidas. How dare you? This is why Indiana's got a... Not a true blood, a blue blood. That's why Indiana's got to get rid of Adidas. Uh, uh, Speaking of all this, Sleeping Giant that that popped up is... uh, that I mean, doesn't really check our criteria, Sleeping Giant, but uh, it got me thinking about UNLV. Isn't UNLV Jordan brand? Because you were talking about, like, getting the inroads of Sierra Kane and all that. Like, like, UNLV is a great example of... I'll, I'll kind of always believe in UNLV because, like, Vegas does seem to produce good good recruits vegas is always going to be like a, a a shiny flat like that that is a city that will always be able to attract 17 year olds on a visit that you can bring in a 17 <laughs> year old and be like we are jordan brand yes. look at all this around you yes please sign right here yeah and they'll sign um that if you could find a guy i mean that's why tarkane unlv awesome. is a great sean miller school you know what i mean like that's that's great sean miller school, school dude that he could go back to and i and i feel like he lean into like the that. seediness of it all that's that's what tark was awesome tark was like yeah we're, we're, we're in the Vegas. we're in yeah. city yeah. <laughs> what do you like expect? Be, why do you think i'm biting this towel yeah. i'm just hoping yeah. that it doesn't fall apart all around me <laughs> I'm not going to be Dean Smith and Sin City. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> yeah, he's like, I like Dean, but I can't do that here. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Anything else? You got shout outs before we go? Man, I, I just want to shout out this weekend, North Carolina football, Virginia football. All right. uh, I'm I'm nervous. You're back I, on the I, You're back on the Carolina. You're, you were never off. I never, I never left. I okay. never left. All I mean, right. I, I hated to see us lose at Virginia Tech, but it, it was inevitable. I just hope that North Carolina does not lose this game. There's a lot of history between these two programs. All comes back to Ronald Curry. Um, and, you know, Virginia's won five years in a row against North Carolina in football. Wow, is this five years is in a true? row? Where, where's it? They, it's won, in, they won like 15 years in a row, it feels like, in basketball. So I'm I'm over it. I want to beat Virginia. Where is the game? It's at Virginia? It's in Chapel Hill. Oh, it's in Chapel Hill. Yeah, yeah. We oh. have to win this game. This is a must win. A must you know what I mean? <laughs> if you look at the schedule, this is a must win. We cannot lose this game. All right. Um, so I, I have, I have, I have no idea who Ohio State's playing. Uh, I, it's, it's a shame that our Check season's out. It's Check just, out. Yeah, our season's over, and Ohio State will never be heard from again. And uh, our playoff hopes are done, and our Big Ten hopes are done, and we lost to Oregon, and that's that. So, um, 
go ahead and, and just throw all the dirt you have on Ohio State football's Grave America. We are hashtag done. We you will not hear from us. Yeah. At all. At all. And no way, shape, or form will you hear from Ohio State football the rest of the season. I can assure you that. So um I'm not even gonna pay attention to it. I have no idea who we play. Um, and we have zero path to a to a national title still. So it's a bummer. It's a yeah. bummer that it happened. It's a real big too. bummer. I mean, honestly, that's exactly <laughs> how I felt after the first week of Virginia Tech. Don't talk about North Carolina football anymore, everybody. Just leave us alone and then let's hope that we can win every game so that then you have to talk so, about it. Yeah. Week. So then you look it's up and yeah. <laughs> you look up in November and look who it is. Oh baby. Guess who's back? <laughs> Ranked 12th in the country. Yeah, that's what we need. That's what I want. That's all eight, I want. Eight and three Carolina. 15. We're back, bitch. <laughs> you, know, you give me top 15. I'm okay. Oh man, um, I don't really have any other shout outs. Shout out, uh, Oklahoma. We're we're doing the Oklahoma Nebraska game. This is uh, I I'm weirdly like getting into this. I I, I don't know if you're aware of this. This is the, the reason this is such a big game. To and the, the reason uh, people are excited about this, even though Nebraska football sucks right now, is uh, it's the 50 year anniversary of the game of the century between Nebraska oh, and wow. Oklahoma. And I have been just inundated with uh, uh all the data about this rivalry about how. The Oklahoma Sooners have the most conference championships in all of college football. They're like the Kentucky of college football that they've, they've just, they win the, their conference every year. Um, but the second most Tate in all of college football is Nebraska. And they were in the same conference forever. That's insane to think about like every, every year, one of those two won it. And they're the only two that's like basically ever won the conference. Um so anyway, I, I'm getting into this. I'm getting into. I'm. I'm. Uh, people are telling me about Barry Switzer running the wishbone and, and yeah. Tom Osborne running the the option and the I formation and like you see all these old heads around here that are just their eyes are lighting up of seeing Nebraska and Oklahoma on a football field again together. Uh, I don't think it's going to be a good game, but it's a nostalgia play. Nostalgia plays always work. I just hope to God that somehow Nebraska does not win this game. I mean, I just hope that Oklahoma wins this game. (laughs) There's no world in which I can ever, even in my mind, envision Nebraska winning this game. You know what I mean? But I'm just like, but I couldn't see Oregon beating Ohio state. So I'm, I'm knocking on wood for you. The one thing, the one, the one silver lining is that we are taking a week off of this tour next week. So uh, if, if Nebraska wins, we're very obviously a curse. Um, but hopefully it can like cool like the week we're going into a week off. We're going into a bye week where it can like yeah, cool down. You guys are 0 and 3 going into a bye week. We're going yeah, into I mean, a bye week. Everyone needs three. a bye week at that point. That's when like <laughs> the twos start getting bumped up to ones. You know what I mean? You start hearing guys are gonna transfer. You're like, okay. We start reassessing the depth chart for sure. We start yeah, yeah. having start long conversations. The younger guys, yeah. <laughs> we we call it we're calling our co- coordinators in for meetings and we're talking to them. We're like, what the hell's going on with the special teams right now? This yeah. is a disaster. What's our what's our plan, fellas? What are we gonna do here? Oh man. All right. Uh that's the show. Thank Thank you guys for listening. Titus and Tate at gmail.com. Send some yeah. emails, man. We, we, we're going to keep reading some of them on the show. We'll have some and shout out to the people them. that have continued. I mean, the, the emails I pulled up today, I mean, they've been sent, you know, random dates from the September 8th to even yesterday we were getting emails coming in. So keep, yeah. keep forwarding them over. Keep giving your thoughts. Shout out to shout out to all the people hit me up, by the way, about uh, our, our show um, on earlier in the week. Talking oh, about yeah. That, that was the most fun I've ever had doing the show ever. Just uh, recounting hilarious. your trip to all the fame and uh it was god that was so fun so i'm glad i'm glad people seem to enjoy well, that we we talked about jim and i talked about just re-releasing that episode as today's episode we just like, <laughs> put out the same episode <laughs> in case you missed it <laughs> uh, maybe uh, man. We'll, we'll be back uh next week maybe jim will have more stories i don't know this guy's always uh stumbling into something stay so safe we'll see, jim. But, uh, please stay safe either way we'll be back next week see you guys then.